I'm Marian Kolbasek McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group, and I'm here at HIMSS 19 speaking with Dan Berger, National Director of Healthcare at Axia Med, a healthcare financial IT company that specializes in payment security. So, Dan, when it comes to payment security in healthcare, what are the most pressing issues you're seeing these days? First off, let me start with some of the major trends that are affecting the uh, the payment industry as it relates to healthcare. So, the first thing, which is fairly well known now, that but is the biggest, really the biggest thing on everybody's mind, is that patient payments have rocketed in terms of their percentage of the overall collections that a, a hospital or a healthcare provider needs to, to receive to, to be financially secure. And patients are, I always say, patients are notoriously hard to collect from. So, and we're all patients, and we all realize, we all know the reasons why sometimes our our healthcare bills are, are not the first thing we pay. We get confused by the explanation of benefits. We're not sure we owe what we owe. We get multiple bills from different providers for what seemed like a, one single procedure to us. So all that makes it kind of more difficult for the patient to, to figure out what it is they owe and, and to actually make the payment. So Axiomed is really riding right on that trend because our solutions not only make the patient payment experience better, but it also relieves some of the administrative burdens on the providers. But once you do that, you also have to understand that there's a whole new range of different payment methods and methodologies. Oftentimes, providers don't understand their their security and compliance regulations and, and responsibilities that go along with that. So now, what sorts of payments are we generally talking about? You mentioned patient payments. Are these the co-pays, for instance, or the deductibles that aren't covered by healthcare insurers? Are we also talking about the payments that insurers make to healthcare entities for services that are provided to the insured members? Are these payments to vendors? You know, what sort of fits under this umbrella, and what are the security issues that are of concern? So what what we focus on is the what's called the patient responsibility portion of the of the overall healthcare charge. So it's it's post care adjudication in many cases post so post insurance what the remaining balance is on the post care side. But what we're seeing more is is because post care balances are the ones that are hardest to collect. There's an increasing focus in hospitals in particular on point of care payments. So taking payments at registration at the registration desk when a patient first arrives, certainly taking their copay uh, registration, sometimes even taking a, a payment as they leave the, the treatment area. We see that also one of the most striking trends is how many payments now get taken in the emergency room. And you'd think that the emergency room would be somewhat somewhat isolated from, from the patient payment side, but it isn't. Hospitals are, are really forced to develop a way to work, build that into their workflow in the, in the ER to make sure they can collect before the patient leaves the facility. So once they leave the facility, there's a range of patient payment options and some are more effective than others. Almost everybody has some sort of online portal. Well, first thing to know about online portals is that patients don't like to pay on online portals that much. We're in the the era of consumerism and we're in the era of convenience. And if you have to log into a portal with a username and password, make a payment, it's really not the huge incentive on the patient side to do that. So online portals are out there. They're something that um, providers have to contend with as part both in terms of the security of those payments as well as just getting people to use them. But there are other other methods as well that we're finding. I mentioned point of care and we used to always say that point of care was the best place to take collections. And now it seems like pre-care is even a, even a better place than point of care to take collections. And there are logical places in the pre-care experience for, for a patient to 
make a payment. For example, there's a lot of online scheduling tools. So patients will go online to schedule an appointment with their doctor. That's just a lot easier for them to do than it is to call the, call the number. When someone schedules an appointment, that's an excellent time to ask them for their copay. So we have technology that enables providers to build that into the scheduling process. At PostCare, there's another, another they call it a millennial trend, but it's actually a trend that transcends demographics to, to some degree. And that's people are more likely to pay a post-care balance if they receive a text reminder that they uh, that they have the balance due and are able to complete that transaction without going to some other application just from the from the text itself can we can I get and navigate to where I can make the payment and take care of it you see collection rates soar when you do text to pay so now where are healthcare entities falling short in the attention that they're giving to these payments and the security and is there also a requirement for these payments to be compliant with the HIPAA rules if they involve PHI? Yeah, excellent question. That's probably the most complex and confusing thing that providers deal with today. So with all those various methods of payments that I that I mentioned, we have to understand that payment card information is not only potentially PHI and, and therefore covered under HIPAA, but it's also subject to the PCI regulations. So it's what I like to, what I've been calling the compliance double whammy, because you've got both HIPAA and PCI compliance considerations to take into account for all of those different methods of payment. So on the HIPAA side, there is something called the payment exclusion under the HITECH Act and HIPAA security rule. But the payment provider exclusion only allows, allows a, a provider to disclose PHI to another provider or to a business associate or to a third-party vendor for the purpose of collecting the money that they're owed. Doesn't mean they don't have to safeguard the data. So, so you've got these kind of dueling compliance requirements, somewhat overlapping as well. And in the, for the most part, in hospitals in particular, also true in ambulatory space, but in hospitals in particular, their exposure to PCI a few years ago was that they took payments in the cafeteria, they took payments, credit card payments in the gift shop, but those were fairly limited places within the hospital generally on separate networks and separate applications. So their PCI compliance burden was somewhat light. But if you think of it now, if you think of taking payments in the ER, you take payments at registration, you take payments at bedside, you take payments online, take payments by mobile, that's a whole myriad of places where PII and PHI are kind of blended together and you're subject to both the HIPAA requirements and the PCI requirements. What sorts of breaches are you most worried about when it relates to the payment and financial systems at these healthcare entities taking these payments as opposed to the EHR-related privacy breaches that we often see? So what we've seen, and this is a fairly famous case of a couple of years ago, so one good-sized provider in the West had a PHI breach that was actually, actually originated from malware that was installed on a payment device in their cafeteria. That, but the cafeteria network was connected to the overall network, and the malware migrated across the, the network and ended up being the, the you, know, what, what, you know, as far as everyone can tell, ended up being the originating point of the attack. But I think something like 3.5 million records were breached, and the malware got into the system through a, through a payment device, you know, your typical credit card swiper, that kind of thing. So any other emerging security trends that you see related to the payment area? For instance, you mentioned earlier that people don't necessarily like going on a portal to pay, user password, and I guess if they were to add 
multi-factor authentication, it could push off even more people from using the portals to pay. So what, what, how do you balance all of this? Right. So there's two things. I'll talk about the patient portal and then I'll talk about point of care. So at the, at the patient portal side, so one, one really, very fascinating statistic that I'd learned just this week by coming to him, so I'll give him a bug. Um, in one of the RevCycle breakout sessions. So in terms of data that is valuable to hackers, it's really interesting how that changes over the years. So we've watched as, as you know, everyone claimed that health record is now, you know, whatever it is to worth X amount of dollars per record. Do you know what the highest value data element is right now today? It's, the, it's actually patient portal login credentials. Because from there, a hacker can leverage not only the healthcare information, but also all the also personally identifiable information and possibly even credit card information. So that to, on the top of the list right now is, is patient portal login credentials. And the general attack vector for that is usually phishing, which is also the hardest thing to defend. And finally, Dan, any emerging security technologies that you think are promising for the healthcare sector that's not getting enough attention, whether it's payment or otherwise? Really the gold standard now, and this is at point of care, when you actually have a payment device. At point of care, we, our solution and also uh, it follows what we call the gold, the gold standard in, in payment security, and that's validated point-to-point -point encryption. So what that means in, in simpler terms is that the credit card information, the sensitive card data, is encrypted immediately upon that card being swiped or dipped or tapped onto the device. It's encrypted immediately. It uses a high-level encryption methodology that's approved by PCI. There's also requirements in that validated point-to-point -point standard for chain of custody monitoring where the device itself, as it's being provisioned and deployed and shipped, it has to go in tamper-proof packaging now, all as a result of that Western area breach from a few years ago, because that device had been infected before it got to the hospital itself. So one mistake I see a lot of uh, hospitals still making is they want to connect the device to the workstation via USB port. So although that's allowed because the encryption takes place on the device and so you're just sending encryption devices to through the PC or a workstation via the USB port. Problem is, most USB ports are points of vulnerability. Think about it, you can take, you can unplug the payment device from a USB port and plug in a thumb drive with malware on it. So it's a, it's a huge security risk that a lot of people overlook. So in terms of the best practices, what we recommend is that you connect the payment device on a separate network, either by wireless or by ethernet, and even segment that network from the rest of your network so that that payment data is always traveling over a purely isolated environment. Thanks, Dan. I've been speaking to Dan Berger. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.